0: bi people are the baddest bitches. Period. You listening to the Bisexual Bisexual Report, Report, baby. baby. Very sure that you guys are wondering what's up with the song, what's up with church pleasantries, and I'll have you know that for the next 20 minutes, Bona, I am going to be preaching. (laughs) I'm going to preach the hell out of this episode because there's so much sin in the world. And I just know that I need to rid you guys of evil and darkness and all things in between. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. There will indeed be an element of preaching, but not in the way that you are thinking. Before we go further, welcome to the third edition of the Bisexual Report. So today, we will be speaking church, Christianity, and religion and, uh, um, in the context rather of homosexuality. So historically, we all know that churches, gays and lesbians wouldn't be found in one sentence, right? Completely novel, they do not mix literally like water and oil. But with that said, I must say, Khori, we've come a long way and although we've made strides, there's certainly so much that still needs to be done. Now, I want us to delve into the reality between law, South African law and social norms. South Africa is the first nation in the world, in the whole entire world, to prohibit discrimination on sexual orientation in its constitution. In fact, South Africa to date remains the only country, the only country in Africa to prohibit discrimination. And in 2006, we were the fifth country in the world to legalize same-sex marriage, if you know your shit, you'll know that there's 195 countries. So I mean, to be to rank number five is is absolutely, um, you know, epic. Given that there's a lot of countries, a lot of nations out there that still, never mind same-sex marriage, that still do not recognize um, same-sex relationships to begin with. So. Story time. In 2019, there was a Gauteng High Court ruling in Pretoria against the Dutch Reformed Church. This is an afrikaans based church, by the way. In 2015, the church decided to allow ministers in a same-sex relationship to be ordained and to carry out same-sex weddings. They also scrapped the rule that gay ministers of the church had to be celibate. But then the very next year, in 2016, they did a complete U-turn and adopted a new policy. And then, of course, and rightfully so, people felt discriminated against and took the matter to court. Now, these were the two main arguments that were put forward by either parties. The church argued that its decision to not recognize same-sex marriages was not equal to unfair discrimination and that they were not in breach of the constitution. The church also said that the new policy did not prohibit homosexuals from actually entering the church. And then the plaintiffs, the people that were aggrieved, the people that felt discriminated against, they put the argument forward. The church did not have the right to invoke, hurt or discriminate against anyone by not accepting same-sex unions and imposing celibacy. They also put forward the argument that the church failed to state facts that support argument that there was no breach of the constitution. Now this comes to the finality of the case and how it ended, and what um, the court found, which was, in my words, mind-blowing. <laughs> The Khoteng High Court found that differentiating between heterosexual members and the LGBT plus community in fact constituted discrimination that was performed to be unfair in terms of the constitution. This part of my research um, for this uh, episode was, I I lit up while reading this judgment. I literally lit up and I hope it does the same for you. So the judgment read, in this matter, the question to be answered is, did the LGBT plus community suffer inequality in a pre-constitutional South Africa and still today? The answer is an overwhelming yes, close quote. Of course, I will find this amazing, not because obviously I'm bisexual and identify with the LGBT rights, but because of the law It was the perfect example to denounce homophobic and arrogant church rules that were derived to make people feel ashamed and uncomfortable. So did this judgment make me happy? Fuck yes. That's the sign of a victory. An extremely vocal Archbishop Desmond Tutu has continuously also advocated for same-sex love, and in quotes he said, "I cannot worship a homophobic God." Close quote. If God, as they say, is homophobic, I wouldn't worship that God chose God. I am deeply disturbed that in the face of some of the most horrendous problems facing Africa, we concentrate on what I do and in bed with whom clothes coat my goodness i nearly fell off my chain because wow a man of his stature you know a man of the cloth a man of god Publicly and unreservedly showing his support for the Alphabet family on a global scale. This is the type of shit that I'd like to see more often. Tutu forms part of a long list of advocates from civil society organizations, business leaders, politicians, academics and researchers. There's also a counter list of hate and criticism from the same societal groups and that's why I thought it'd be interesting to share experiences from people that I know personally, who sit under the LGBTI plus umbrella and who've had experiences with Christians, experiences with church. Let's take a listen. The following following audios might 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 not be of good quality and so we we apologise in advance.
1: So basically I grew up with this aunt. She was so devoted on her spirituality journey in which she was a, a charismatic Christian. So this other day, went out shopping, bought myself some skinny jeans, some female clothes. Hey, I was taken to a church. It was a church I was going there, like on a, on a weekly basis. Let me say daily basis because they had services every day. So I was, I was prayed for. And then I was told that I should scream out so that the homosexual spirit could give my body I was so surprised because even till today I' I'm, I'm still the same and after that I left home. even now it's still the same like the gay surprise or sort of, wow you're a man it even told me when I was growing up like you don't have to act gay around me you don't have to act homosexual around me you have to just finish school and act your gay life away from me. Oh, okay, I finished school, I went out. Now, I'm actually living my best life. When I go home, get surprised, how you do nails, how you do hair, how you put makeup.
2: It's just the stares and you know, sometimes the judgmental looks and the disgust in very rare cases actually in well, with regard to my experience, most of the time <laughs> I don't know, like anything bad happening But you know, it's always that thing about Just because you're gay And um, some you can feel judging You know, how could you be So, whatever Most of the time people actually I don't want to say accepting but they're always cool whether it's guys or it's girls it's grown people it's young people but yeah but every now and then you'll get the occasional stares and you know the judgment and, and it's just something I don't know a motivated thing just it's just like everyday life Jay. I don't think it's it bothers me as much as it used to back in the day oh
3: hi the bisexual reportlessness. Um so here's my experience as a pansexual man within the framework context that is religion so uh, this one time I did an interview I was marketing uh, my book so I did a radio tour um, in my home area and I come out as a pansexual man and at the time I had not yet uh, been exposed to the to the term and to the to the sexuality so I I actually identified as bisexual and so it happened that one of my church mates was listening and they fast forward they went to my pastor and they told them about what I had done or oh, rather the tour and the uh, The pastor actually came to me, uh, requested that we have a meeting and I kept on dodging the meeting because I somehow knew what he wanted to talk about. So when I finally granted him the meeting, um, it was a church I remember, and uh, he he told me that, do I know what a bat is, he made a, a reference to a bat, a story of a bat. Uh, It was was a very stupid metaphor, so to put it, but he made a metaphor of a bat and uh, that told me that, okay, a bat at night flies, but during the day it looks like a rat. So is that what you want to be, brother? Why do you live double lives? Why don't you just be one thing and one thing only, which is straight how God created you to be? and what God wants you to be. So that was it. And he made me do a public apology at church because I had brought down the reputation of the church and I had put his name into disrepute as one of the greatest pastors in that area. And that uh, the Pastors Association was now questioning his leadership skills and his ability to discipline his disciples. So thank you so much. It made me feel very, it made me feel very little, it belittled me, it belittled my experiences, it belittled my struggles, and also it was very disrespectful, but at the time I was quite young, I was quite tender behind the ear, so it was not a big deal and uh, all that I wanted was approval and uh, what what do we call it it was yeah, it was approval that I sought
4: so I've received homophobic comments from my aunt's husband. Um, my aunt is, is a Christian as well as her husband. And. So. This guy, at first, when he knew or found out about our sexuality, my sister and I. He acted as a person who understood and who was okay with it until he wasn't, Um, until one day he sat me down and confronted the situation, as I may call it, that he thinks our turning out is because of our parents that we grew up without father figures <clears throat> so that's the reason why we converted to lesbianism um and the bible does not approve of such a lifestyle he quoted bible verses which i will not quote As I don't remember them. I don't really pay attention to Bible verses quoted against my sexuality. So he quoted Bible verses and told me that the lifestyle that we're living is not exactly as per uh, God's creation because there has to be a man and a woman to Multiply, multiply and be fruitful, as per Genesis. So yeah, he that was his theory that we grew up without father figures, so we thought that it was okay for a household to be ran or have two um, women instead of a man. So to him, it's rather a choice than than what feelings and just how you are as a
5: human being. At that church me nah, that Christian church Father Ola. Ona all out to hang in a gimmurte Mantalan I care b um I'm being gay or lesbian, um, it's a case. It's a case whereby your parents they can name ba like something like during pregnancy or something. before you you were born. only to find out the Then your parents ba I want to slow sosa, decays, and lesbians. There's no way in a traveling child. That is why you end up like a decay, over. Siela so father all I did at chats. So I can prefer and
0: That's that's what we're dealing with. That is the type of treatment that we are dealing with so the truth of the matter is even though we are legally recognized by the constitution of this republic there's still such a long way to go there's still so much to do on the ground religious leaders have a huge responsibility to play in shaping everyday lived experiences of homosexual people they need to preach acceptance they need to preach tolerance because in the words of Desmond Tutu just because it's in the bible doesn't mean it's true another monster that we have to deal with that I've decided to talk about is unemployment. Difficult, depressing, debilitating, but a conversation that's so necessary and so important. If you don't already know, I'd like to paint a picture for you to remind you guys of just the horror that is unemployment and exactly why you should be grateful if you have a job. So, We are in the second quarter of 2021 and according to Stats SA, South Africa's unemployment rate now stands at a staggering 34.4%. In relation to the youth, Stats SA found that from the official unemployment rate, 46.3% were young people aged between 15 to 34 years. And this is irrespective of education level. And then, as if that wasn't horrific enough, women, beautiful, lovely women, the mbokotos of this world, still very much marginalized in the labor market. Statistics South Africa says, and I quote, even in employment, appointment to decision-making positions in certain sectors or of any characteristics remain elusive. Mm. The figures from this same quarter of 2021 show that the labour market is more favourable to men. If you follow the news, then you would know that this does not come as a surprise. Um, not only the fact that conditions or the labour market is more favourable to men, but um, that a lot of young people are, are unemployed still. So... The market is favorable to men. Men are more likely to be in paid employment than women, regardless of race. While women are more likely than men to be doing unpaid work. That is the reality. That is factual. And it's been like that. Um, you know, you have researchers, you have academic surveys that are conducted year after year. In fact, even the quarterly or monthly and these elements don't change these elements don't change and haven't changed at all in fact its percentages keep going up as far as what I've mentioned so far is concerned but it gets worse the rate of unemployment among women is 36.8 compared to 32.4 amongst men the unemployment rate among black women is 41.0% compared to 8.2% among white women, 22.4% among Indian and Asian women, and 29.9% for colored women. I'm going to repeat that. The percentage of black women that are unemployed in South Africa is 41.0%, 82 percent of women that are white are unemployed. 22.4 unemployed Indians that are women and 29.9 colored women that are unemployed. So if you are young, if you are amongst the youth, if you are women and if you are black, you do the maths. This is what the data shows. This highlights the plight not only of women but of unemployed people in this country. Now I know firsthand about the difficulty of unemployment. Um, Some of you might know obviously I was at ANN 7 and then ANN 7 closed down. I had an opportunity to actually go somewhere else and just before ANN7 closed down, I think a month or so before, I decided to resign and go to this new opportunity, only to find out that this opportunity was a scam. And subsequent to that, obviously, I found myself unemployed. I was living in Joburg, obviously. Um, I was paying my rent. I still am. <laughs> and... I, I was just it, it was such a dark place for me I remember specifically that I left an7 in Kajun and it was due to close down in July so July I think I was unemployed for about four months July August September October November um by end of November I I, I then got 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 a job But during the unemployment it it was such a dark time for me. It 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 is such a a depressing situation. I was not a prospect, you know. It's worse. I was living with people with flatmates and by a miracle but a you know. Like in the evenings, you guys spend a weekend, living your best lives. Come Monday or come the morning, then people will be like, I'm going to half past four in addition to that, you must also deal with the financial aspect of it, of actually applying for jobs. You know, or send the CV, some companies or organizations require you to deposit, you need to print, you need to taxi. It, it's such a burden and it's completely terrifying because you do not know Jorge, um, how long that unemployment is going to last for and like I said I was paying my own rent, I was so fortunate that my mom um, was paying my rent, she she literally was taking care of, care of me from her own pocket, she was paying my rent, she was buying my groceries, anything that I needed she was there for and not everybody has this privilege. So I do recognize the struggle, I know about the struggle, and it's such a painful thing to know that there's child-headed families, to know that there's people employed ba you know, to know that there's people that are educated, people that have graduated, that cannot find a job. More unemployment rating this but by long they are able to work, um, but they were not looking for a job. Well but hopeless, you know what? They are available. Mahaba button, I'm not sure what I'm saying. Well but i you know, like consistently, consistently without fail and still nothing. So I just I want to remind you guys, I know the bulk of you are employed and are working, that be grateful. I understand. I mean, I complain a lot. But at the end of the day, even though conditions are unfavorable, it could be worse. You could be unemployed. You could be going back home. You know, the story could could be so different so take a time when you can be grateful and um, I want to encourage you guys to um, you know to literally reach for the stars like where you are now is not supposed to be the end of the story there are so many things to do so many things to do you need to think outside the box you need to be creative you need to be uh uh, uh, driven you need to go for what you want and for the people that are unemployed yeah like never give up the first section of this episode was church and i'm a firm believer in christ i'm a firm uh, believer you know, in God and, and what he has done for me, what what he is yet to do for me. So keep the faith. Rapela if you're a Christian, if you believe in in luck and you be also you believe in ancestors. Um, whatever your where your faith lies, please believe in something and never, ever, ever give up. I know it sounds cliche but that is it. Do not, even for a second, give up. Some days will be harder than others. But in those days where you find strength, in those days where you see the light, push, push towards it. And I promise you, I promise you, Peace!